0: Magic Mike Show. Where you hear
1: the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic and I'm Mike, and this is the Magic Mike Show, episode five hundred three, Mr. Samich holy hell we got a lot to talk about
0: huzzah
1: yeah all right let's strap in for a five-hour show (laughs) you're
0: you texted texted me the run i'm like jesus like that's a lot of replays to watch again
1: yeah it was a hell of a weekend and uh what we're gonna do differently is just because there was uh i think a dozen breeders cup uh winning your in prep races 17 if you count the, if you go all the way back to Wednesday with the rescheduled races at Keeneland, I think that's what it ended up being. But a lot of races is my point. Oh. Um, and then on top of that, there were the non-winning year-end races where there was still plenty of, of things. I mean, every division aside from the Classic had at least one race happen this weekend where there were going to be impacts. So, yeah, a lot to unpack here. There really is. And there were some horses that
0: had trip troubles that I think are going to be decent prices coming back. So I, I'm going to definitely reference a couple of those as we go through these because I do think you're going to get some, some elevated prices because of troubled trips. Um, and it feels like there's going to be some wide open divisions. I mean, we'll talk about the juvenile where we had when we had Muth win, but I thought the Wine Steward ran huge there as well. Um, and that's mm-hmm. going to be a really fun division. Going to be interesting to see how favoritism plays out. I, I mean, because you have Prince of Monaco waiting in the wings as well. So a lot of really interesting divisions this year in the Breeders' Cup. I don't think it's going to be as chalk heavy as
1: previous years where you have like four, five, six horses at sub even money. You know, the one thing that sucks, Mike, is that not only do we have like we have so many races to talk about. And as Shadi said, like w- unbelievable weekend of close calls, like some that I won, some that I lost and really broke my heart and my wallet. But just overall, so great.
0: I have no idea how Yuri Guri Yuri, Yuri Yuri won. No clue. Like when you watch that back, it, it looks like the ones just going right by around the turn. She digs in. The one clearly let Ooh. up a little bit. I can't remember her name right now. Oh, Wicked Halo. Wicked, Wicked Halo. Halo. Clearly lets up a little bit. Your, your gurry comes back, and then Wicked Halo tries to re-rally after she realizes she's not in the lead, and that the, the photo's just wildly close. They're a mile ahead of everybody else. I mean, just phenomenal horse race. The up-to-the-mark race, phenomenal horse race. like Just a bunch of really good races, really close finishes, and that uh, definitely gets you excited for Breeders' Cup. You're going to get a lot of these rematches. You're going to get some Euros shipping in. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun in Santa Anita, and I got my tickets today. Where are my tickets? They're away, all the way over there. I'm not going to get them right now, but I got my tickets today, too, so that just made me even more pumped up
1: the good news is, is this year if you forget your tickets you just have to drive back home a few hours it's not halfway across the country <laughs>
0: well thank god for the press pass last year man that that saved my ass
1: <laughs> I, I totally forgot about that until you texted us but big show let's get into it buddy Right up All right, Mike, yeah, like you mentioned, uh, lots of races. The up to the mark race is uh, one of the ones we'll talk about. We'll start with the Breers Cup turf, the classic, like I said, the only division that didn't have a race impacting it this weekend. Uh, the Joe Hirsch turf classic, you got to see Warlike Goddess. Where the hell did that come from? Uh, she's back apparently with a 105 buyer, the highest of the entire weekend for anyone. Um, she, uh, Beats the boys, Rebels Romance hated the course. You look at the Coolmore Turf Mile up to the mark. That one, um, I think we need to spend the most time on. And then, of course, Nation's Pride at Woodbine in the Canadian International because Applebee didn't have a good enough week or good enough day Saturday. He needed to go to Woodbine and win a Grade One race there as well. So, uh, man, I which one do you want to start with? There, these were three of my favorite races this weekend. I mean, let's let's start with Up to the Market Masters seas because I, I thought that was just a, a phenomenal
0: horse race. There, are three lengths ahead of everybody else. Set Piece Annapolis run third and fourth, which I think everyone kind of felt like this was the four horses that were going to run in the top four. It was just what was the order? Uh, yeah, I mean. You kind of have to give a ton of credit to up to the mark. You're right. I, we talked about this in the preview show coming off a long layoff. Hadn't been seen since the 10th of June in the Manhattan was a nice winner there. It comes back to this Keeneland course at a distance that I didn't necessarily think was the best for up to the mark. I thought, you know, going a little bit longer would be better, but just a phenomenal
1: race from up to the mark to be able to, to wear down master the seas late in this one man i if i had master of the seas singled in a, i had a 12 dollar pick 5 that i ended up playing um uh for 50 cents on uh, just on top of all the other bets that i had set cuz was like i feel like this one is going to at least going to cash and when Arzak kicked it off in the turf sprint with a nice bomb price I was like all right we're starting off good this one like it broke my heart, but I also couldn't help but just be like amazed because yep. you outlined it. it's not just what up to the mark did; is he did it off of a long layoff at a less than ideal distance, a less than ideal setup because there wasn't that much space in there uh, to come back to him. Um, let's yeah, let's just stick here with the Breeders' Cup turf and and we can talk about the division as a whole. Up to the mark, is this the top horse in America that you've seen running on the turf this year for this division?
0: I mean. Yeah, warlike goddess has to be at least referenced here because you assume she's gonna go to the turf and and she yep. looked phenomenal. Now that race was really funky because you just had a runaway leader at 90 to 1 who went crazy yeah, early. What the fuck was that? Went crazy early and everyone kind of engulfed that horse late, but warlike goddess really just gobbling up ground there. I thought that was a really impressive performance. But the, the question here is like, what's the step forward from up to the mark gonna be? If this is the starting point. Like, what yeah. are we going to see? And so, you, the course of Keelan Little was much more like what we're going to see at Santa Anita than what Warlike Goddess ran over at Aqueduct. Uh, so, mm-hmm. I, I thought up to the mark was uh, just phenomenal in, in this spot. I I would expect master of the is going to go to the turf mile. So we're not going to see master of the in the breeders cup turf. So not going to talk about him in this division uh, of the U S horses. I, I think it's up to the mark and Warlike goddess right now. They're nine to one and 12 to one. If you're looking at fixed odds markets, but your your favorites are all four Europeans, uh, Augustus Roden three to one, much doff four to one, most of most of four to one, Emily Upjohn seven to one and, uh, Onosto, 7-1. to one. So uh, I think up to the mark, probably the best U.S. shot because the, the step forward here is very likely. You're probably going to see improvement second off the layoff if uh, he's able to stay fit and be able to make it to the Breeders' Cup.
1: But I don't wouldn't discount Warlike Goddess either off that run. Don't forget that uh, the last time the Breeders' Cup was held at Santa Anita, the turf that year, it was domestic spending by the shortest of nose hairs over my boy United. Uh, so it was an American born and bred 1-2 uh in that race um yeah i agree up to the mark i think is the best one here i'm gonna it was so awesome to see Warlike goddess do that that because she hadn't looked herself in her last couple of races so i'm glad that she accomplished that i think she has no shot in the breeders cup uh and i think she'll go to the turf it's always mile and a half that she seems to want but I the the course, you nailed it. It was just a, a soggy, wet mess. Rebels Romance struggled with it. He might come back. Nation's Pride we didn't really talk about. He won the Canadian International, but I'm sure Applebee will bring him as well. Um, some other ones. So, yeah, the the turf is shaping up like it could be an amazing one. We don't know who Japan might bring over. Of the horses you named, just for the podcast listeners, because you can't see what I'm showing on screen, Emily Op- Upjohn is the only one not listed by the Breeders' Cup as a contender for the turf. So that might be the the... They might be wrong, so definitely don't play Emily up, John, right now uh, to win the turf. I don't know anything about this last horse here, Shariar, other than he's from Japan. Uh, put him on your tickets if he comes. I don't know anything about him. He's from Japan. Put him on your ticket. <laughs> I'd be willing to bet there's some Sunday Silence in that bloodline. Just looking at the picture. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That is a very Sunday Silence-looking uh, horse. All right, Breeders' Cup distaff, Mike. Uh, we had two races, both on Sunday, that had major implications on the Breeders' Cup Distaff Division. Idiomatic wins the Spinster with a 99 buyer, and the three-year-old Randomized steps up to the older horses, and I thought it did very nice against three other horses. Uh, going one-turn to Mount and eighth at Baqueduct to win the Bell Dame, gets a 98 buyer there. Uh, I think the biggest story, though, what in the world has happened to Nest? Is she done? That was a bad effort in the Spinster.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was, but I'm not going to completely write her off. I don't think you want to take too short of a price on her, but she's one that I would actually be interested if if she ends up in the Breeders' Cup. I mean, look, Idiomatic, I thought, was a pretty easy single in this spot. I singled through her and everything because of the pace edge uh, and, and the way that Keeneland generally will play. So I, I wasn't shocked that Ness didn't run huge. I, I was shocked that Ness didn't run that great, and it's now back-to-back poor races you could kind of say the slop was the problem last time out. She ended up running her highest buyer on the slop, and then she got a 95 at Saratoga, ran third to Idiomatic. Uh, Idiomatic just in better form right now, and when Brad Cox gets these horses in good form that have pace, they're very, very dangerous. So it's going to be all about how the pace sets up in this race because if Idiomatic's able to get out there on her own, I think she's extremely dangerous. Man, if there's some pace pressure, though, I, I still think Ness has some type of closing kick, but she needs the setup now. She's not good enough to be able to do it on her
1: own. I just think that, that I there I don't see any excuse for it. I mean, she loves Keeneland. She won the Ashland here, looked like a monster. She was uh, what favored for the Kentucky Oaks off of that. Um, yeah, it's that's that was rough. She or her stock uh, selling that hard. By the way, uh, if we did a who's hot and who's not from this weekend, super hot Jose Ortiz, super not Irad. Like Jose went to Keeneland and rode every winner possible, all like almost all of them, other than locked for Irad mounts. Yep. Irad stayed in New York. He got shit weather. Fierceness had no chance with that slot. It was... Yeah. Not a not a good time for me. Anyways, let's stick here with this one. Uh, and I bring that up because uh, Randomized had... Um, was oh No, Rosario was actually on Randomized in this race. Uh, idiomatic on Spinster. To, uh, winning the Spinster, to me, proved that she is the leader of this division. You know, we saw previously at Saratoga in the personal and like, she was... All right, this is a really, really damn good Philly, uh, but... She had a good pace edge there. Here, she got pace pressure. She shook it off. And, like, she was, I don't think she left like fourth gear, third or fourth gear coming off the turn. It's just like Thoron said, go when she took off, and that was it. Yep. She just cruised. It's, it's,
0: I, I mean, I, I think she kind of had token pace pressure. I mean, you look at the time 24 and 2, 48 and 1, 112 and 1, 136 and 4. So, kind of just able to do 24s all the way up to that, that final, for final 16th of a mile. And she ran well. Like, I, I, not knocking it. I still want to see her be able to take on more of actual pace pressure and see if she can, uh, it, how she responds to it. Cause you know, a 63 caliber kind of within a length and a half, two lengths of her, but not really down her neck. I would expect we're going to see a much bigger field and I, you're going to see more pace. I mean, this is a race that has collapsed mm-hmm. in the past. So we'll see what happens mm-hmm. when we get to uh Breeders cup Saturday for this one, because if idiomatic gets loose, she's
1: dangerous. If she has a ton of pressure, I think she's a vulnerable favorite. We'll see what happens. Uh, one to watch uh, with interest is Belleza de Artiega. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. Argentinian bred. Um, she is now at Santa Anita. She's with trainer Marcelo Polanco, who gets some of the Argentinian horses that come up to California. Uh, if you remember two years ago, he got a horse named Blue Stripe in straight from Argentina, put her straight yeah. into the distaff. She'd qualified the same way. That year was terrible. She was seventh in the distaff. However, she came back in 2022. Two wins, two seconds, including by that much. She was second in last year's Breeders' Cup distaff. So, um, look out, Polanco is. Uh, he might have a good one here for them to send that filly or mare, whatever she is, up here. Yep. And I think it's Kevin B brings up a good point. Having both randomized
0: and search results means that Brown probably going to send one of them uh, mm-hmm. and that, that will create a little bit more pace pressure early. So again, I, I think this race is once again, wide open and I, I wouldn't
1: take a short price on idiomatic if she does is facing any type of pressure. That is true. Yeah. The, I mean, even last year was She's much better. I believe in society, but last, you remember with society last year, she had a big early lead and just completely quit it up there. Breeders' Cup, Philly America, Turf four races, uh, three of them on Saturday. We can kind of run through this quickly because it's a turf division. We don't know who's coming over from Europe. Uh, McCulloch wins the Wea at Aqueduct with the 94 buyer. Didia shipped to Santa Anita and won the Rodeo Drive with a 94 buyer. Fev Rover wins the EP Taylor with a 99 buyer. And Gina Romantica stops in Italian with a 105 buyer in the First Lady. Now, I put Gina Romantica here. I'm not sure if she's going to go to the Philly America, Turf to the mile. Uh, we, we, what do you think about her, first of all, with Gina Romantica? Uh, I mean,
0: surprising to see that that big of a jump forward. Uh, she, she steps up here, runs the 105, like you mentioned. Uh, i never run over 100 buyer before. It's the third off a layoff for a four-year-old late in her season. So you could see the improvement. But to see a a 12% jump, I, I was shocked, to say the least, that she was able to be the one that runs her down. Did you watch
1: Whitebeam in that race? Where do you think Whitebeam goes? Oh man, um, <laughs> if, uh, if I'm Chad Brown, and you save her for Del Mar <laughs> at the end of November. There's gonna be a turf race there for her. But she's not breeder's cup caliber. Oh, I don't know about that, man. Go that she hated, hated
0: being on the inside. If you watch that race, she had her. She was ranked the majority of the race. Her head was flipping around. Never got a chance to run down the stretch. I, I think she's got a big shot coming back. We'll see what where she ends up and what kind of price she is, but. If you get a price on White Beam next time out, I, I think
1: this is a sneaky bad trip that she got here. Uh, I don't know if there's anyone. Maybe McCulloch, you know, she, she didn't beat anything. It was a very, like, the, the way it was just kind of there for her to win. Um, yeah, I don't have a rover. Know. I don't love the McCulloch race I, to me. Like when
0: you go back and you watch that, it, it was, uh, in, it, uh, idea generation, I think was the horse that set the pace 10 to one for Chad Brown It was a small field. McCulloch was really the only one who closed. Like I, to me, that was a, a race that she probably should have won easier than she did. They went extremely slow early. Um, and she's able to run down a, a, really a subpar Chad Brown, who was the rabbit in there was specifically entered to be the rabbit when the turf was supposed to be in better condition. Scratches down to just four, still sends it out there. McCulloch is able to kind of run it down and work out. I, I wouldn't take too much away from that. I do like that Diddy is sent over to Santa Anita and decided to run over that turf course. And I thought she looked pretty mm-hmm. good doing that. So I, I think that's an advantage for her. Uh, I, this one's going to be interesting because like you said, we don't really know who is going to be in this race because we're not sure who's coming from Europe. And then we're also not sure who is going to end up actually showing up here versus the turf mile. It'll be interesting to see the decisions made between the two. I, I mean, of everyone we saw, I would prefer an Italian. I, I to me that she she stretching out her speed is still very dangerous, and I, I'm not
1: going to hold her against her getting run down at a mile here in this spot. I think a European's going to come over and, and wax everyone here. Uh, whether that ends up being um, Inspiral, I'm not sure if she's coming over for this or for the mile. Uh, but it does sound like she's targeting, and she's amazing. Um, to hire uh, Blue Rose Sen, you know, there's going to be someone. to win maryland there you go you got a japanese horse that could come in uh and get it done uh not so much a sunday silence pedigree influence there. that's more of a mind your biscuits on win maryland isn't it (laughs) yeah more of the chestnut color there than the straight black color yeah yeah but uh it should be a fun race i think i'm just going to look for a european uh to win this division the breeders cup dirt mile no official winning year in races hell no even stakes races this weekend that we really cared about but boy did practical move look like a million (laughs) bucks coming back uh six month layoff what six month layoff boom no 98 buyer winning like he could have been backwards on two and a half legs and i think one and there was it was originally was a salty allowance feel like those were not bad horses those were claimers those were decent san Anita allowance horses he beat up on that one uh where do you put him in the dirt mile discussion and is this the best race for him or should it be the classic
0: man i, I... Off that, I almost want to go classic. I mean, I'm not sure the distance is right for practical move. That was my big issue with practical move in the Derby. Obviously, scratched right. out of that spot. So, I, I, like, the mile and a quarter seems like it, it may be pushing it. But the dirt mile is going to be salty this year. I, I mean, Cody's Wish is going to be in the dirt mile. So, you know, you're facing him. I, I would expect Saudi Crown ends up in the dirt mile. That's going to be a tough horse to be able to, to hold off. Uh, right now, practical move, 4-1 to one overseas. Cody's Wish, your favorite, at plus 175. I... <laughs> Man, I, I guess you go dirt mile because I think you're definitely going to be the second choice and you've got a shot at upsetting Cody's wish. But I, this is a tough choice here with practical move because he, he looks phenomenal and it, he's going to be a short price, shorter price in the dirt mile than the classic. So I, I guess you go, I guess you go dirt mile. But man, I mean, you got a shot at the classic with this horse if he runs well and he loves San Diego. Oh.
1: He does love Santa Anita, but he's three with a big four-year-old future ahead of him. You go Dirt Mile. You go Pegasus World Cup. This is exactly what you do with these horses. And then you do the classic run next year and see if he can be of that caliber. Um, I think uh, Cody's wish, I think we've seen that he is vulnerable. And because it's going to be another two-turn Dirt Mile. I know he won that at Keeneland, but... He's been more vulnerable at two turns than at one. Um, I saw where it occurs to me. Stage Raider's still running. Stage Raider almost won the Acac stakes uh, at Churchill Downs. He got second to Zozos, and Zozos is for sure going. Um, Zozos brings pace to this race. Uh, He'll be up on the front end. If Anarchist goes to this race, absolutely toss him out. Um, I think I want to see Saudi Crown's going classic. The way that I'm kind of hearing the the buzz from the connections there. So Cox could have Zozos in the Dirt Mile and Saudi Crown go off to the Classic there. Algiers is listed here. I'm not sure why. He got third in a grade three on synthetic at Woodbine. He scratched out of the Woodward to go there, and then that's what happened. So I'm not yeah. sure if they're really thinking well, Dirt Mile.
0: Eight to one overseas in the Dirt Mile. Um, Gunning- Overlay. North- yeah, Gunnite, your fourth choice, nine to one. Uh, Blazing Sevens, ten to one. Anarchist, twelve to one. Fort Bragg, twelve to one.
1: Interesting. Fort Bragg's an interesting one, right? Like he could, he definitely could. Of, of the sprinting Bob Baffert types, distance would be more his friend. Yep. Arabian Lion, sixteen to one. Another Baffert that they're projecting is
0: going to end up here as well. So this could be a fun race as well, and a little bit more contention than what we've seen in the past years because it felt like it was Cody's wish, and I can't remember who ran second that I bet last year. Um, Cyberknife. Cyberknife, knife freaking cyberknife. because i bet him too how'd you lose that race buddy um but it it, it it feels like this is going to be a little bit more contentious than what we've seen in past years a little, little deeper competition because the dirt mile generally not been the most exciting race the breeders
1: cup yeah yeah i think uh we'll get some good ones. but senior buscador is listed here um he's probably listed on the classic page too i think they're gonna go classic with that sticking with the mile distance we'll switch back to the turf uh two races we talked about both of them really the first lady in italian Maybe she goes to the, back to the mile, uh, or I'm sorry, cuts back for the Breeders' Cup mile. And then Master of the Seas may or may not go. Um, they're going to kind of pl- wait and play their hand on that one. But you also see Inspiral. I had heard that this is where she was going. Um, Songline from Japan. That's actually a Japanese horse I do know. So if she shows up, uh, look out. Or he looks up, shows up. Uh, Kinross would be a great one. Maj. Uh, we, we're going to see Maj this weekend, right? Yeah. We're going to see Maj in the QE2 at yep. Keeneland, um, which is interesting because she is in her past performances, Mike. And if you look, she is better at a mile. So if she goes to Keeneland, does even run second to Elusive Princess, look out for her in this spot. Yeah. And this is one of the most contentious races when you look overseas. You've got uh, eight different
0: horses under 10 to 1. Uh, Paddington and Spiral, Tahira up to the mark, Casa Creed, Kinross, Master of Seas, and Songline all sub 10 to 1. Carl Sparkler sitting at 14 to one Maja 14 to one in Italians at 20 to one in this spot right now. Uh, we'll see where whether or not it shows up or not. I mean, this is a, this is going to be a really fun race. We'll see who ends up in here. Uh, man, I, I would expect you got to go Euro. But I mean, wouldn't it be cool if Casa Creed wins this race?
1: Yes, if an I mean, American I mean, wins, give it to Casa Creed. I will be I will be rooting
0: for Casa Creed here. I, I think Master of the Seas actually could be really difficult off that last race. I thought that was a really good race and up to the mark. Just ran his ass off and and so you got to kind of credit Master of the Seas coming off of that, like his uh, style of running as well in this spot. I, I think that that's going to play well to the turf course there at um, at Santa Anita too. So I, to me, there's a, a big chance you see a very good effort from Master of the Seas coming back off of that that tough loss to Up to the Mark.
1: Yeah, that also, that race at Keeneland was his first time going a mile this year where he went two turns. Everything else had been at one turn, so including a woodbine. So you give him a little bit of a pass, you know. Second time at two turns, maybe he'll take a step forward. Uh, Let's talk about the Breeders' Cup Dirt Sprint one race on Friday, the SKO Phoenix. And I was surprised by this uh not just the result hoist the gold winning which i didn't i didn't know he won races i thought that he uh i thought that he just kind. Of, oh they don't they haven't even updated this page yet he's not even listed Poor hoist the gold a 100 buyer for that not only did he win mike he got 100 buyers so he's not wasn't good enough to get put on breederscup.com uh, yet today but where do you put uh hoist the gold amongst the sprinters
0: kind of feels like a horse for the course uh if you look at hoist the gold yeah. He's now had his two highest buyers of his career at Keeneland. Uh, he ran a 93 at Keeneland as well in the three races, run three times, one once, two seconds. Uh, so I, I'm not going to move him up too much off of this. I mean, we, we talked about Speedboat Beach. I kind of really like Speedboat Beach in this spot mm-hmm. right now. Um, but that race was kind of a mess as well when you watch it back. I, I mean, I didn't think that you saw the best effort from Nakatomi and, and Bango, and you see those two as your favorite, and you think about, okay, well, would they be even top five choices in the breeders cup sprint no they wouldn't right so feels like a little bit weaker of a race that these coming out of so i i'm not going to take any too much out of this specific weekend I, I think we've already seen the better sprinters running they're already training up uh to the breeders cup sprint and right now if you look over uh overseas you got elite power plus 175 echo zulu Ooh. six to one gunite seven to one anarchist eight to one speedboat beach eight to one the chosen brawn eight to one uh and then your boy dr shivel sitting there at ten to one so Again, a contentious race. You got elite power, who's, who's clearly the the dominant horse. Echo Zulu. We'll see if she decides to go to the sprint, and if she's able to just go, 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 and, and see if the boys can catch her. Um, but I mean, it's it's going to be another fun race, and I'll, I'll I will be having a bet on Speedboat Beach if you get eight to one.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'll take Speebo Beach and Doctor Shival both at eight to one over every price that you listed. And that Elite Power at that price, I don't like. Uh, he might. I mean, he still might be the best horse. And six furlongs is, is going to be a better distance for him? Uh, oof, one seventy-five. That's what three to two, three and a half to two. Oof, it's it's, it's about seven to five. <clears throat> yeah, that's yeah, rough. eight to five
0: yep. would be plus one eighty. So yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be. Just a, a, what happens? There. I mean, what do you do with uh, what do you do with Chosen Braun?
1: Oh, I mean, he'll go to the Sprint, for sure. It's a... Well, do,
0: don't you con- know cr- do you consider using the Chosen Braun or not? I mean, because this was a horse oh, that... Oh, no. It had been all California bred, goes over, runs against Open Company, wins a grade one at Del Mar. Now this is obviously another big-time step up in class, but the the numbers fit with a lot of these horses, and the price is going to be right. He got lucky. <laughs> I mean, I know, I, I'm not going to disagree with you. A- I used the horse, but I didn't wasn't excited about using the horse, and... and uh. Yeah, I mean, you see the photo there with the three horses that was that close to be able to win, and there was some trouble, trip trouble in that race as well for a couple horses. But uh, it's going to be interesting how chosen Braun is bet in this spot as well. But this, this again, yeah. another fun one. Um, as much as I don't want to swallow eight to five on Cody's Wish, I'm sorry. As, as much as I don't want to swallow eight to five on um, on Elite Power, the setup is going to be good here. You're going to have. Yeah three or four horses that are going to want the front and elite power is going to be able to sit off them.
1: So the setup is good for this favorite whereas other favorites are kind of up against it in a way. Uh, I was just laughing at the Japanese horse. There's always one Japanese horse that comes over for the dirt sprint. Bless them for trying. They'll get there one of these times. I just don't, I'm not sure if this will be that I should just shut up. I don't know what I'm talking about. Breers got Philly and Mary sprint, Mike two races, Saturday uh Gulfstream park the grade two or the grade three princess rooney won by three witches held off mary quite contrary late and then yugiri we talked about it earlier this one my the the live reaction i watched it back uh i squealed like a little girl about yugiri winning that
0: (laughs) i i i like we talked about this i have no idea how yugiri won that race i have no clue i mean you watch it and it just it just looks like uh that Wicked Halo is going to go right by on the turn and and like we like we talked about this in the open it, it seemed like Wicked Halo kind of let up a little bit and then Yaguri came back on the inside and then Wicked Halo tried to catch up again um I don't think it really bodes well for these two horses that effort I mean they both ran extremely well I'm not going to take anything away from either of them they were way ahead of the rest of the field but you look at who Wicked Halo has faced in the past with Goodnight Olive and Matt Turea, and and it's like I'm not sure Wicked Halo can beat those horses. Um, now, the the seven furlongs, I think, may be beneficial toward Wicked Halo. Uh, mm-hmm. I do think that she's able to handle that extra distance a little bit better than someone like uh, Yaguri. So I do think that you know Yaguri, to me, is a pass in this race, and, and Wicked Halo would kind of make the ticket. Echo Zulu is going to be very important whether or not she goes here or the sprint. Um, I would say she's better at six than seven, but she is definitely the pace if she goes here. So it's going to be interesting to kind of see how this one plays out. and It's going to be fun because We've seen a lot of these horses run against each other all year, and we've seen some differing results once they've gone to the post. So uh, Goodnight Night Olive is kind of a deserving favorite here in my mind, depending on what Echo Zulu decides to do. But another wide open race here. And this is the one where you just have consistently gotten bomb prices at the Breeders' Cup as well. you got huge numbers of coming in this race
1: uh kevin b mentioning uh some some quotes from ass man sounded like wicked halo might not go to the breeder's cup i think she's a, a hit the board type she's very consistent right super consistent you'd love to own her I thought that, you know, you'd play it underneath. That was a good spot for Wicked Halo at the Breeders' Cup. But um, sounds like, according to Kevin B, not going to go there because of Echo Zulu. May or may not go here to the Breeders' Cup sprint against the boys at six furlongs. And also Society, who I see listed here. She's definitely got a pace, <clears throat> excuse me, a pace uh, influx that she'll give to this field. But I don't I don't like Society that much. So if, if Goodnight Olive ends up being the favorite in here because Echo Zulu goes to face the boys, I'm going to try to beat Goodnight Olive. If Echo Zulu stays here, it's going to be super hard for me to not play her. And and Speed doesn't usually hold very well in these seven Furlong Philly Mary Sprint races. But, God she just looks so good this year. It doesn't.
0: And you've got a lot of horses that like going six and like being forwardly placed. But she is absolutely decimated horses out of the gate like she she, her cruising speed early is so much higher than a lot of other horses that you, you kind of feel like she can get that length advantage and get comfortable and that would make her really really tough in this spot uh but it, this should be a fun one i don't even hate kristen bosch who i think will set up nice in this race coming from off the pace a little bit too so uh this is going to be a fun one right now not on the board uh overseas because they don't know who's going to run in it and they're not willing to put up odds without knowing who's going to run it
1: Let's see, Mike. The Last one of the uh, older horses here, the Turf Sprint, if I can find it. The Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint. There you are. Uh, Saturday, Keeneland hosted the Woodford Stakes, which I don't know why it's not a winning year in this year, but Arzak wins it nicely with a 101 buyer and a nice upset. And then on Sunday, our buddy Big Invasion finally got to get in a race. He got a 98 buyer with a big effort winning the New Arctic Stakes. Also, this coming weekend, this coming Sunday, so six days from today, seven days we record this whatever Sunday uh there'll be the Franklin Stakes at Keeneland which Caravel won last year she has already entered to come back uh and run in that one again this year so we'll see what she does uh I would assume she wins and bounces back The Troy was a weird like the track sucks she had a to if I remember she had a steady at one point it just was a bad bad time all around for Caravel. so I think she rebounds but turf sprint what are your thoughts I
0: won't be betting Caravel. I can tell you that much um yeah, because the price is going to be so short compared to mm-hmm. what you got last year, and I, I think this is going to be a really, really tough field. Uh, yeah, Arzak looked good, got the win. Um, our shot runs second, Beer Can Man third in that race. Living the dream. I think we have to discuss because living the Which, dream. Which, by the way,
1: if you're watching on screen, that's who this is with all of the minuses. I was like, it's blank. That's living the dream. Yeah, live in the dream. We talk about these
0: these European sprinters coming over here, and we talked <laughs> on Thursday about living the dream, having speed, and, and what would she do out of the gate, and how would that translate, and what would that speed look like. They quarter-horsed her out of the gate. I mean, this was one of those where, like, hey, you don't need to ride that aggressively early. And I, I think if they hadn't ridden that aggressively early, she might have won this race. Um, and, and they end up going 20 what was it? 20 and three, twenty and four for the opening quarter. So 20 and four. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely flying 43 and three to the half. They go sixes all the way home, which is pretty darn good considering you went that fast. And she held mm-hmm. to a long time in this race and ends up getting caught. I'd say around the 16th pole or so. I think she has to be considered a threat in the, in this race. I mean, just, just because of the way that she was able to get out of the gate and run, she may be the leader, uh, at at Santa Anita. And it's a very good thing to be on the lead in that Santa Anita turf course, especially in the turf sprint. So I I think she's awfully interesting moving forward this year, uh, or moving forward into the turf, but I would like a American jockey to ride her. We'll see if we get the switch or not. But I I think that that was one of the, uh, the issues that it just, you know, this is a regular rider. He came over for this race, probably planning on being there for the Breeders' Cup Sprint. If he does end up riding her again, I hope he learned you need to get the lead, but you can't go crazy. And and this was very much a crazy opening half mile, which led to her demise. Another race I think is going to be a lot of fun. We saw California Sprint uh, turf sprinters do well when this was in California last time. So you have to respect Beer, beer Cam Man and Matorius, and, and everyone else who's coming out of that, that uh, Diamato barn into this race going to be another fun one again i would want to demand a pretty big price and post position is going to matter a lot here as well uh you're you're going to want to be drawn i would say between like the three and the eight posts somewhere in there especially if your speed because that is where you're going to be most beneficial so going to be an awesome race looking forward to seeing what happens here uh this is going to be one of those races where it's so hard to pick until we actually see the field see the draw and then you can make a call on it
1: Here, can man's gonna hit the board that horse he doesn't like to win these races unless it's at Pimlico. But man, he's gonna—I feel like he'll hit the board. It's his home track. Um, living the dream. That was like the—that reminded me of the 2022 Kentucky Derby when it was like you had two European jockeys or international jockeys come in. And they had no idea what the hell they were doing in that race. Barcelona and Lemare are are top-notch world-class jockeys. And they looked like stupid, mindless idiots doing 21 and 78 for the opening quarter of the freaking Kentucky Derby. Yeah, that's what it looked like here. It's like whoa, 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 whoa. You yeah. you you you, 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 you were just on the energy. gas.
0: Yeah. And and like this is this is a big part of it, right? Flat five oh, furlongs. Sorry. Right. Flat five furlongs for the Breeders' Cup Turf sprint at Santa Anita. This was five and a half. I, I mean, to me, it sets up well. If she's able to break like that, if Living the Dream is able to get out like that again, you should get a better price on her in the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint. And the five furlongs is a good thing for her. And you would assume the jockey has a little bit more experience now over the U.S. To- courses. I, I would love to see what price we're going to get on her. Right now, this race not listed overseas, so we can't give out odds. But um, I, to me, she is one of those that I think you got to at least consider.
1: It's like uh, this is like this year's uh, Golden Pal, right? Two seconds out. You're like, all right, well, this race is over. Uh, that's what you should have been able to think last race, too. <laughs> yep, yep. But then you saw the time go up, and you're like, oh, no. Like, that's, no. that's too fast. <laughs> Especially the way that the course had been playing at Keeneland, too. You know, this is just not going to not gonna do well. All right, time to talk some two-year-olds. We'll start with the division everybody is the most excited about, I think. And that's the Juvenile. Three races all on Saturday. Backwooduct hosted the Champagne. Timberlake winning at 93, Buyer. Uh, Keelan had the Breeders' Futurity locked with an 87 buyer. American Pharaoh at Santa Anita. Mooth with the 91 buyer. What do you think about this division, bud? Man, um,
0: I guess I thought Mooth was the most impressive of any of these horses. I, I thought Locked and the Wine Steward both ran very well. Uh, Timberlake, I thought, kind of got the perfect trip and, and got a nice setup because you had a couple horses not fire in that race. And Fierceness stumbles out of the gate, hung four wide. Just didn't have anything down the lane so like of all of the races i would say that that i'm gonna have timberlake rated the lowest of the winners here um but i thought Lockton Weinsteward ran really well i thought mooth ran really well it was nice to see mooth be able to stalk and win i thought that was a good performance over the other baffert who kind of set the pace out there uh it's always good to see a horse that can kind of stalk and be able to get the job done at two especially if you're going to be playing as a favorite so you got to respect mooth coming out of this um We'll see. I, I thought I thought it was interesting how Locke was able to dig in, though. I mean, that to me, it looked like Wine Stewart had that race won, and Locke was able to get the job done. I, I, this is going to be another fun one. And we didn't see Prince of Monaco this weekend right now. He's your favorite at plus four hundred overseas. I, to me, there's probably just four horses, maybe five horses I'm interested in right now. And that's Prince of Monaco, Locke, Muth, Fierceness and uh, and the Wine Stewart.
1: I thought, it's interesting, I thought we'd probably disagree on this. I, Timberlake, I thought, was the most impressive to me. Uh, I liked how he responded. I liked the way that he, he looked a lot more professional than a, a two-year-old in a juvenile grade one race. However, the concerns, one, the track was absolute dog shit. Two, it's was a one-turn race, and I don't like off of those two things, him having to ship to Santa Anita uh, for the Breeders' Cup. <clears throat> I also don't like the fact that he was cross-centered at Keeneland and Brad Cox scratched him and sent him to Backwooduct, where he knew he'd have to face fierceness. And the horse that stayed at Keeneland for uh, Brad Cox sucked. Awesome, strong was was uh, anything yeah. but so or awesome. Whatever he is, uh, he was not awesome. So um, you got yeah watch, that concerns. Watch
0: what? that race back, that Timberlake race again. Like if you had drawn a line of where you wanted the horse to be before the race started. It was exactly what you would want. I mean, he was able to sit on the inside, three horses that were kind of vying for the lead. The horse that he was, had his biggest competitor in the race, fierceness, terrible break out of the gate, stumbles badly, nose almost to the ground, bobbles up, has to rush up, was clearly done after being four wide. And he gets to sit on the rail the whole time and then tilt out into the tooth path. Uh, like to me, yeah, it was a good race, but there was nothing that was against him. And now, and the, the decision to go one turn at Aqueduct versus going two turns at Keeneland, I, I didn't, I think, kind of showed that Timberlake may not be the, cock, the horse that Brad Cox thought he was, or the mm-hmm. best horse that Brad Cox thinks he has in his barn, because uh, you know he would rather win at Keeneland. He would have much rather won at Keeneland, and and so I, I think that that you're going to end up seeing Timberlake take money, and I, the price is going to be sh- a lot shorter than I think he'll be playable at.
1: Yeah, I don't like. I was gonna get that. I don't like him for the Breeders' I think as far as the race goes out of this weekend, I go with Muth. I also really liked Wind Me Up. I mean, Wind Me Up was coming in off of one start at six furlongs, and he set the pace and almost beat Muth, a two million dollar Baffert that was favored to win uh, a Grade One race already. So I thought he was sneaky good as well. Muth, you nailed it. He stalked and, and took off, and that's the trip I think that's gonna be needed to win here. Locked was just kind of a knucklehead. Both of the Pletcher horses, uh, I was impressed with the amount of talent that they have but dissuaded by the lack of maturity that they have if that makes any sense yeah it does I mean this is going to be you would assume the
0: biggest field that these horses are going to face in their early two-year-old career it's going to be the most the biggest test they're going to face and so the maturity level makes a pretty big difference here and I I, like I I agree with wind me wind me up I like there's a world he goes gate to wire and pays. 25 bucks doing so right Mm -hmm. i mean so uh, how this breaks out from a speed perspective we'll see prince of monaco gonna be interested to see where he sits in that race if he's going to be out there pressing or if they're going to have both him and moose sit off and and you're probably gonna have three bafferts maybe four bafferts in that race which is gonna make the pace (laughs) even more murky
1: Like last year at Keeneland, it's like a national treasure cave rock Donkey number three, I forget who it was. Uh, Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies, three races, uh, one Friday at Keeneland, the Alcibiades Stakes, one by Candied with an 85 buyer. Backwood Saturday, the Frizzette, just FYI, love that name for Daughter of Justify. 75 buyer and Chandelier at Santa Anita, which is hosting the Breeders' Cup. Chattel gate to wire, 74 buyer there. Uh, I guess the biggest question is, did anybody do enough to unseat Tamara as the top pick in this division?
0: No, no, I don't think so. she looked so dominant when we saw her run. So I, I think she's still your top pick there. Uh, I thought just FYI ran really well, but I, I think that she's just a couple below of what she's going to face. Candied, I thought, was pretty impressive in the Alcibiades. For a horse that was second career start, uh, was kind of stuck between horses uh, most of the race and then able to tilt wide and, and make a, a four-wide move around the final turn. I, I like, again, the maturity there to be able to stalk and pounce, not need the lead, but be able to, to take some kickback, to be in a, a less-than-perfect position and still win so uh, to me tamara is still the leader in the clubhouse but i thought candy did move up move up quite a bit and candy interestingly enough can then now be a third start in this race so you would expect she's going to take
1: another step forward when she gets to the juvenile phillies here Candy, i think has got a big future ahead of her but i there were way too many green moments in her debut and in this spot to make me play her what's going to be what second choice in the breeders cup yeah like how she never switched leads (laughs) In both starts. Yeah, and I, I, you know, that like for me to love a horse that does that, I really love a horse if they yeah. don't change their lease. Cause I hate that shit. Yeah. And she, um, she was just not.
0: And I, that's one of the reasons I thought that was a really impressive race because when a horse does that and wins in the way she did with the trip, she did, there's so much talent there. It just hasn't all been unlocked yet. And now you're going to have to face a horse like Tamara who has unlocked a lot of that talent. She seems a lot more professional. Obviously, behold her. we heard about her and how she won grade ones at multiple ages, including early in her career. You, you've seen Tamara have the potential to be that level of a horse, which is crazy to compare, but there's hmm. obvious comparisons for obvious reasons. Um, I, it's going to take a much more mature effort for Candy to be
1: able to compete with Tamara. Uh, by the way, Tamara won the Del Mar debutante is training up to the Breeders' Cup 2 of Phillies. Fourth in the Delmar debutant was Chatalis, who went get to wear the chandelier. So, uh, you would think Tamara, being by Bolt Duro out of Beholder, two turns shouldn't be an issue. I agree with you; she's the division leader, but it is also a little nerve wracking. It's like, well, they've never done two turns before, so let's play him at eight to five, seven to five. Right,
0: it's got all town in the world. You know her Mom wanted two turns. It looks like she wants two turns. I so like I'm not going to knock the decision making there.
1: Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf, three races. will count the Pilgrim from last Wednesday as part of this. Agate Road wins that with a 76 buyer. Sunday at Keeneland, uh, the Bourbon went to Can Group? Is that, what? yeah, Can Group. What a name. And then, uh, uh, I'm sorry, that was, no, wait, hey, yeah, the Pilgrim was at, sorry, the Pilgrim was at Baqueduct. The bourbon was a king. then I wrote it down wrong. And then Sunday, Zuma Beach, San Anita, endlessly with a 78 buyer, and he is still undefeated. I think of the Americans, I think I like endlessly the best, but a Euro is winning this, right? Um, I would think
0: so. The one horse that like, so I want to make sure I get this right. That's so why I'm looking down at my phone here. So in the can group race Sunday, the bourbon. Yes. Uh, stable up Tok tock. The eight horse, <laughs> it was a big-time price. The trip was atrocious on Tok Tok. I don't I don't know if he's going to go here. I don't know what type. I mean, you're going to get a monster price if he goes here, right? Um, So this may not be the next time out. But Tok Tok, I thought, ran a lot better than, uh, than the 69 buyer he ends up getting. It, the trip was atrocious. Had to cut inside. to get absolutely stopped. Never really got a chance to run. I think there's more talent in that horse. I think he might have won the race if he was loose. I uh, never kind of got loose wow. because of the way this one plays out. Yeah, there was... That much trouble and the horse was that loaded visually. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what plays out there. But a talk talk one that I'm going to have in my stable, probably going to be playing back. Yeah, this is going to be a fun race, man. I, like, I would agree with you. It looks like a Euro is going to win this race. It's interesting when you when you look uh, at the prices overseas, they only have eight horses listed. Uh, only one of them is an American horse. That's Carson's Runners, 12 to 1. City Troy, 3 to 1. Ghost Rider, 5 to 1. Chief Little Rock, 8 to 1. Deep One, 8 to 1. Couplet. 10 to one arabian crown 12 then uh then carson's run sitting at 12. we'll see how deep this field is i i agree with
1: you though i think this is probably going to be won by a european horse who comes over yeah we'll see who comes out. i'll go check out i'll rewatch it for talk talk i did like out of this race as well noted and i was surprised that he wasn't the favorite that's the horse that Can Group caught right at the wire yep. uh in the bourbon um agate road i thought looked fine but i think because of the connections and and the name and everything behind it i think he's going to be an unplayable price and again look for a european uh in the juvenile turf as well well maybe not we'll see the juvenile phillies turf i think between the two this one has a better chance to go to an American, though I'm not sure we saw the winner uh, this past weekend. Uh, Wednesday at Backqueduct, Miss Grillo, hard to justify with an 80 buyer. Uh, Buku on Friday at Keelan and the Jessamine matched that 80 buyer. And Dreamfire won the Surfer Girl at Santa Anita, 69. Nice. What would nice. you think? Uh I thought hard to justify and buku actually both looked really good.
0: Buku specifically uh, breaking from the ten post, having to to kind of get a, a tougher trip and winning that race by open lengths. I think it was four or five lengths when all was said and done. I thought I thought she looked, she looked very good, uh, hard to justify. Nice price. That was a fun one to have. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think it was like 7-1 to as a Brown. Yeah, surprising. Really to take a step forward, but it was 10-1 morning line. So still able to get uh, get a pretty nice price there. Yeah, this is going to be a fun one. Uh, I, I, I'm looking forward to this race. And, and yeah, Galibrand, a bet back for me as well. I, I thought that was
1: a pretty rough race for Galibrand. Yeah. Galibrand, lover, but... Uh, she, she's such a stone closer. You've got to work out the absolute perfect trip with as big as this field. I mean, the, the Juvenile Turf and Juvenile Phillies Turf are usually oversubscribed. You usually have horses that Scratch is also eligible. So yep. um, it's tough to uh, to play those there. Being really cool if she feels pretty uh, took another step forward. We were raving about her after she won the Thomas Mistakes at Woodbine and she's right there. Do you have any uh, overseas odds on on this division? Uh, juvenile Phillies Turf, right? Yes. Juvenile Phillies Turf Opera Singer 2 to 1. Carla's
0: Way 5 Ooh. to 1. Fallen Angel, 5 to 1. She Feels Pretty, 8-1. Shawari, 8-1. Okay. Pearl and Rubies, 12 to 1. Soprano, 12 to 1. Spiritual,
1: 14 to 1. And Lang Lang 14 to 1. <laughs> uh, I just realized Aaron was back in the chat. Aaron, by the way, had himself a, a very interesting weekend. Uh, he went down to the Cotton Bowl for OU, Texas, which was a great finish if you're an OU fan um but he almost didn't make it i'll let him tell the story on on blinkers off but make sure you guys tune into blinkers off on thursday uh and you can hear his his take on that one uh she feels pretty we'll see it the eight to one is kind of enticing because uh i fully expect her to go uh though that she'd probably be higher odds afterwards right people are gonna fall in love with the euros and bet them pretty hard yeah
0: i mean uh, eight to one, probably about right. I mean, cause you're going to have one American horse who takes money. <clears throat> She's clearly going to be the favorite of the American horses. Mm-hmm. So I would guess you're getting eight to 10 to one, something like that. It's rare that you see two to one this early out on a two year old who is supposedly coming
1: over. Uh, so opera singer going to be your heavy favorite in this spot. All right, Mike, one division left to talk about. I can't believe we're making it through this uh, as well as we are. The Breers cup, juvenile turf sprint, three races, one Saturday, the speakeasy at Santa Anita slider wins it with a 76 buyer the keeneland on sunday the indian summer went to committee of one also a 76 buyer and then sunday at woodbine the algonquin stakes dancing duchess a 79 buyer i hadn't heard if she was going to come over or not but i did notice that she got a very nice buyer for beating open or for winning the algonquin so uh that's where we stand for this one it used to be trust in wesley ward trust in american and then last year everything just got kind of thrown out uh for this race when charlie appleby won it which by the way if you told us charlie appleby's winning one race breeders cup friday the turf sprint, yeah, juvenile turf sprint, not the one you'd expect. Okay. <laughs> um,
0: I mean, I think this is, this is a pretty wide open race. If you look at the the odds board, I mean, no one's under five to one in this spot. Big Eves your favorite, uh, then Bucanero Fuerte at plus five fifty. Crimson Advocate seven to one. Yeah, right. No Name Mets eight to one. Who has looked uh, phenomenal here in the U.S. so far kind of uh, kind of like some of these weavers I'm not gonna lie George Weaver was phenomenal with two-year-old turfers you got crimson crimson advocate and if you scroll up you got one more uh, that Rosario's writing. I can't remember the name but it's the top if you scroll up oh there, not
1: no Maymets. um uh, uh, amid waves.
0: yeah miss waves I I wouldn't be shocked if one of those two has a big run we'll see what happens here but uh this is going to be another fun race. I mean, this just feels like it's going to be wide open. I'm interested to see how it gets bet. You mentioned the Euro connection and what happened last year, how they were able to get this win. Generally, this has been a very U.S. heavy race. I'm interested to
1: see if Europeans take a ton of money and you're able to now bet U.S. horses at a little bit better price here. I'm glad you brought up amidst waves. Uh, second in, this, in the Indian summer uh, on Sunday, yesterday, uh, by a nose. Um and ran a really great race, uh, was favored, ran a really great race. There's just no stopping a Steve Asmussen turf sprinter in a great yeah, stakes yeah. race. If Steve Asmussen on the turf, just book it, and Santana's <laughs> on top of the horse since it's, it's over.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, I know. This is a fun division. Uh, Dream Fire, I think this is a better spot for her than the Juvenile Phillies turf, although this, they just were trying tur- – they're just kind of screwing around with her. Zero interest. Her it's Breeders Cup with the trainers. Like, yeah, I don't know. We're going to see. It. Maybe she'll like this. Maybe she'll like that. So – not when it's that trainer. If it's Todd Pletcher, maybe you go, yeah, no, I'll trust in Todd. It worked, but. Yep. Yeah. I, I,
0: this is like, we go through these and one of the, I'm so excited for the Breeders' Cup because I think it's going to be just a phenomenal betting card for the first time in a while. Like last couple years, it hasn't felt like that great of a betting card top to bottom this is going to be an exceptional betting card and if you have opinions that are right you're going to be able to make some good money we're not going to have that ridiculously short price favorite in the classic we're not going to have very many ridiculously short price horses all weekend long you're going to see some real nice double payouts big fields i think the turf races are are wide open in a sense that we once we figure out what euros are coming there are going to be u.s horses that i think are at least competitive in some of those races but it sounds like you have two to three to four competitive euros that are coming in each one of those so it should be a really fun two days of racing. And then the Santa Anita course, one of the the kind of, okay, we got to figure out how this is going to play. We've seen it before. Where it can be a conveyor belt on these big days. So you got to figure out, okay, is speed playing exceptionally well? Or you want to take courses that are going to be able to come from off the pace? And then what races are going to melt down? Because every year it feels like we have two to four races that absolutely melt down and it <laughs> creates wild results. Uh, being able to figure that out is the key to the Breeders' Cup.
1: Well, will Mike Rapoli be there? Mike Rapoli's trying to take all his horses and go home until he can create an association. I don't know. I I am so happy that I'm not on horse racing Twitter anymore.
0: I mean, I I saw the post, read about two lines of it. I'm like, nah, I don't really care about this. this, These
1: are the reasons 140 characters was a good idea when Twitter was created. I'm like, I'm reading a dissertation. No, (laughs) I'm And and first of all, for you to mention gamblers in the second to last paragraph, like I had to scroll and scroll and scroll to see gamblers. Okay, you already, you're losing. You are not winning.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's one of the biggest issues inside the industry is that the the people's voices who are the lowest on the totem pole are the gamblers who, by the way, you don't have an industry without. If all the gamblers took our money and went home how are you going to No one they're not running these races? They just aren't. The purses aren't going to be there. It's not possible to do it without the people who bet on the races. And the people who bet on the races are being the ones pushed away from the sport in the most egregious ways by the racetracks and the owners. it's just like, okay guys, you guys, you need to, you need to rethink your strategies here or
1: else this is going to fail miserably. Uh, speaking of strategies that may or may not fail miserably, Kevin B says, I can't wait to bet the breeders cup classic and then forget that there's still two races left. All right, the, the BCBC is going to be decided by the turf sprint and the sprint
0: this year. Absolutely wild. Usually you're handicapping for that last race and how you're able to come up with big time bets in the, the, the Breeders' Cup Classic. And your Breeders' Cup Classic's opinion is your most important opinion. Now your sprint and turf sprint opinions are more important than your Breeders' Cup Classic one. So it's going to be interesting to have those two last races, especially with the turf sprint, which is able to come up with a price. We'll just put it
1: that way. We've seen that one blow up before, so we'll, we'll see what happens here. Well, thank you for joining Mike and I to talk about everything from this past week in the Cup. Everybody in the live chat, your comments, and opinions were great uh, for the purpose of keeping the show under two hours. I, I just couldn't go there. We couldn't go to everybody. But thank you for keeping us uh, entertained throughout. If you're catching the replay, put your thoughts in the comment section. We'd love to hear from you, interact with you there. Uh, make sure you head over to racingdudes.com. You can see right here we have the uh, newest division rankings, and Aaron has a new number one-ranked horse up to the mark off of that effort in the Coolmore Turf Mile Stakes is now Aaron's number one horse overall in America. And I can't disagree. That was uh, just so impressive. Um, also, already, the Sycamore on Friday, we've got the preview for that ready. The Queen Elizabeth II on Saturday, we've got that ready. It's over at RacingDudes.com and, of course, YouTube.com slash RacingDudes. Mike, any final thoughts before we get out of here? No,
0: I mean, I. I've, it's one. Of, it's weird. It's like you have Saratoga, you have Delmore, and then you have this little bit of a lull, and then kind of Keeneland comes back, and like this weekend was rejuvenating for me just watching all of these races, even with the way that I got mad at Backwooduck. I think it was on Saturday. I was sending <laughs> an angry text to the group about about Backwooduck. Uh, <laughs> because, hey, I'm angry at Backwooduck. Pretty, much. I'm angry at Naira Pretty much everyone every weekend right now. So they're they're on the shit list. Um, but yeah, it was it was phenomenal to see all these horses come back and to have. The duels of really good horses just gets you excited for these big time days. And it's going to be a lot of fun racing. I can't wait to see everybody. That's going to be a blast as well. If you're at the Breeders' Cup, come hang out with us. We're definitely going to be there. So looking forward to that. I know that uh, Aaron and Jared locked up the dude's Airbnb. So looking <laughs> for to more uh, debauchery in that sense. Uh, we're not going to go as hard as last year. That's, I'm, I'm not allowing it. I'm
1: sleeping in my own bed this year. I'm not staying in the Airbnb. I'm sleeping you're in, you're in my own bed. bed. It's ramen free. I know where the blankets and pillows are. Yeah, I'm gonna talk to your wife. Make sure that. Uh, and I, I, <laughs> I don't have to. I don't have to sleep with a chastity belt on because Aaron's in the next room. Okay, like, yeah. it's, it's just more comfortable this way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You just want to stay near the belt. I see how it is. You sleep with the <laughs> belt your head on. Uh, Rodney says. I was going out to see uh, uh, Breeders' Cup workouts. It's crazy. I'm getting pictures of Archangelo, like the the Asmussons are all there. Like I'm excited, so it's a great time. It's a great time over at RacingDudes.com. Make sure you visit. You get free picks for every race, every track, every day across the country. You can check out the premium products. If you subscribe to any monthly package that we have, including the Sama Bombs from this guy right here, you're going to get the Breeders' Cup betting Bible and the 14 Trends to Know for the Breeders' Cup Included with that premium package, absolutely free as part of what you're paying for. So make sure you check that out at racingdudes.com. Follow us on Twitter. I am at Curtis Kelloward. He is at summerbomb Bomb 18, number one, number eight. Corporate overlords at racing underscore dudes. Uh oh, Monday Night Football. Real quick, who you got tonight? I don't love the game tonight. Uh I
0: took a little bit of the over, like the Packers, but not doing anything crazy. Uh Aaron Jones out again today. The the CJ or AJ Dillon rushing prop 52 and a half. Kind of like the over there.
1: Curtis Manlow with the chat that I read the comment that I oh I almost put up, and I thought I'm going to – it made me laugh and groan at the same time. Anthony Jesenek would be very proud of you. All right, until Thursday we'll be back for another Keeneland Late Pick 5, and we were so close last time, Mike. We'll be back on Thursday at 5 Eastern, 2 Pacific. Until next time, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck this week, guys.